Two blocks from where I grew up was Edgewood Park. It's a typical city park with a playground in part of it, not unlike Forest Lodge across the street here. And on the playground, there were two sliding boards, one for very young children and the taller one for older, more daring and sophisticated children. I mostly just admired the taller big kid slide from ground level, and it seemed to soar up into the sky to a ridiculous height. The top launching pad was swaying perilously in the trade winds up in the clouds, which is funny because when I was older and went back down there, I could reach the top by standing on the ground. But to a little kid, one just had to marvel at what demented madman would think such a wicked, dangerous piece of equipment would be fun for little children? Who would do that? My dad. One day, the gleam of its silvery bed caught my eye, and I looked over at it, and Dad said, let's take you over to the big boy slide. Despite my mild protests, we made our way over to the slide, and Dad walked me over to the ladder, which seemed to go up into the sky forever like the steps leading to the top of the pyramid in Chichen Itza. My dad says, go on, I'm right here. So slowly, I started to climb up the slide. When I got to the level about where my dad's head was, he says, I'm going to go to the other side of the slide and I continued my climb one step at a time. Who knew what dangers lay ahead? I crested the pinnacle of this death trap, and I saw my dad down below at the other end of the slide, and I stared at the slide. It was almost too much to look at because the sun was hitting the aluminum and just sparkling. And he goes, all right, sit down. So I sat down, and he says, okay, slide down, and he motioned toward me. But you know, it looked like the ski slide at the Olympics. And you know how fast those skiers have to go so they can fly through the air. And he said, don't worry, I'll catch you. So slowly, I edged myself off the landing platform. You know, like a roller coaster that goes slowly up and it doesn't go down that first hill until too much of it has crested the hill and then gravity was just going to take the whole thing. So I was just passing that tipping point, and then I was off incredibly slowly because I had shorts on and my skin was grabbing the aluminum. <laughs> and Dad said, lift your knees. So I lifted my knees, and then I went down that slide and into my dad's arms, eager to try it again. There were a lot of things for me to doubt that day. Could I do this? Was I old enough? Was I brave enough? Was the slide sturdy enough? Was I safe? Did my dad really know what he was talking about? Could he really make everything okay by standing way down there at the end of the slide? So how do you deal with doubt in situations like this? Do you become paralyzed or hysterical, refuse to act, shut down? Do you spend the rest of your life being risk avoidant? Do you let fear control your life? Or 
do you decide to work through your doubt? Do you hold on to the ladder and climb? Do you sit down at the top and slowly let yourself over, edging, testing this thing out? Do you trust your dad? Do you trust your heritage and your culture, your ancestors? Do you finally let go and see if what you are doubting is true? Now, what if you never trusted dad to catch you? How different would your relationship would be? You would know and he would know that there was that doubt between you. This type of person always chooses the small, safe life. Never going for that big slide, always staying on the, on the low slide. Never having trust. Sometimes people will come into the confessional and confess, I doubt God. And I think, so what? Doubt alone is not sinful. Having a feeling is not sinful. Having a thought is not sinful. It all depends what you do with it. There are a lot of things to doubt about religion and God. The big one, does God exist? Has his story been accurately handed down to me? Does he care about me? Does he know about me? Does he love me? Am I worthy of that love? Am I worthy of his forgiveness? And such a person can doubt and walk away from God and the sacraments, like I could have walked away from the slide. And such a person could be paralyzed into not acting, deciding not to think about it. And then their doubt would come true. Or doubts can be faced head on. In some ways, the ability to doubt is a great gift from God. If we were given absolutely no room for doubt of his existence, then we would be terribly bound. For then to doubt the smallest particle of truth would be to deny all the truth of God. And how then could he possibly show us his mercy? But in this world, he gives us a little bit of wiggle room. The problem is when we see the colossal sliding board, that test in life, the new ground, the new ideas, the new situation, the strong feeling, the new philosophy, the new hardship, bumping up against the other religion, and we are shaken to our core or left empty or find ourselves in chaos, and doubt is just ready to creep in and take hold. We saw that today in St. Thomas, dealing with the death of the Messiah. Could we really blame him for having doubt? But did he abandon the disciples? No. Did he abandon God? No. Did he abandon the mission? No. He climbed the ladder of faith and sat down and tested the slide, and Jesus caught him. Put your finger into my hand and your hand into my side. He was faithful long enough to have an encounter with Jesus. Had he not remained true through his doubt, his life would have remained small and his faith weak. Jesus could have remained a very good and holy man, but he would be dead. There would be no world with the resurrection and the Messiah. There would be no salvation, no forgiveness of sin, and no Eucharist. 
When doubt hits, push through it. Doubt is only a monster when you run from it. It's only then that it has power over you. When you face doubt, muscle through it. Number one, pray. And more importantly, listen. God may be shouting at you, and we're so busy praying at him, we don't take time to listen. Come here. He established his church so that he would be less mysterious, that he would be more present and come to you. Research. Maybe you will find that what you doubt was based on incorrect information in the first place. Or maybe what you expect from God is not what he is offering. Maybe he has better plans for you. And then you would have found what you were thinking should be true and doubted really should have been doubted. And then act. If you doubt that you are loved enough or forgiven and you practice the sacraments, act as if you are good enough for his love and his forgiveness. Act as if the problem is yours, because it is. Because he promised you love and forgiveness. And maybe someday you will come to see yourself as he sees you.